Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. On yesterday's programme, we listened as you explained how Paul and what Paul said to the church leaders in Ephesus as he was about to leave them for the very last time. He said, you'll never see me again. We have, of course, been working our way through the Acts of the Apostles and we're still there on the beach as he's saying goodbye to those leaders in Ephesus. There was there must have been a lot of weeping and sorrow and uh, we read that they had to tear themselves away. But Paul has to continue on his journey to Jerusalem because he knows that this is what the Lord wants him to do. And so they they go through various places and they come to Caesarea where he stayed at the house of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven deacons. Uh, We heard about Stephen a couple of weeks ago, the mighty miracle worker he became, uh, although he was just set apart for an administrative job really. And Philip becomes the evangelist. That's what he's known to be. So those guys, their their ministries grew and developed. Uh, He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. I don't quite know what we're going to make of that. I mean, (laughs) fancy having four daughters that are prophesying all the time. But what a godly household it must have been. And they obviously depended on prophecy a lot. We've already talked about that. Yes, well, they had to because they didn't have the New Testament as, as we know it, of course. So after he had been there a number of days, something very interesting happened. A prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Jesus prophesied several times about the cross before he actually went to the cross. So he knew what was going to happen to him when he went up to Jerusalem. Paul already has had several warnings. This is a very graphic warning. This is what is going to happen to you. So, The scripture says, when we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Doesn't make any common sense, does it? To go knowing that you're going to be arrested and handed over to the Gentiles. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. In other words, you see, Luke and the others, they realized, well, this must be the will of God. If this is what Paul really knows to be the moving or the leading of the Holy Spirit, then this is what he has to do and He will have to suffer the consequences and we will have to appreciate this is God's purpose for him. Now, of course, what they didn't understand was that ultimately this was God's way of getting Paul 
to Rome, where he would have a very significant influence even on the Roman guards, even in the army, even in people that were, if you like, part of the imperial power. But from Paul's point of view, he thought Jerusalem would be the end of the road for him, didn't he? Yeah, he was prepared for Jerusalem to be the end of the road. He didn't even know why he had to go up to Jerusalem. But you see, I mention Rome now because this is so often the case. God does not always explain to us what the consequences of our obedience to him will be. What he asks of us is that we simply obey. And he knows that if he can trust us to obey what he's telling us to do, then that obedience can lead to great and wonderful consequences, not only for ourselves, but for a whole lot of other people. And um, that the, the last years of Paul's life in Rome were actually very influential. And uh, so God always sees the end from the beginning. And what Paul knows is, okay, God is saying I've got to go to Jerusalem. He's telling me prophetically I'm going to suffer. He's telling me my hands and feet are going to be bound. I'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles. Okay, if that is what he's sending me there to do, then I'm going to have to accept that. But here you see a man who is totally sold out for Jesus. I mean, he's saying, look, I'm, I'm ready not only to be imprisoned, I'm ready to die for Jesus. If that is what is going to actually help the cause of the gospel, if that is the will of God for me, that I should die in Jerusalem, then I'm still going to go to Jerusalem because that's God's will. And uh, it, it seems clear that there wasn't any sense in which Agabus was saying that he was actually going to be killed in Jerusalem, but that he was going to be handed over to the Gentiles. Now, when Jesus was handed over to the Gentiles, he was crucified. So I'm sure that all those who were with him were afraid that this phrase handed over to the Gentiles would mean something similar for Paul. But I think Paul's attitude was, well, if it means that for me, okay, but it's God's will that I go, I've got to go. He's got a purpose for me in going there. In fact, of course, the handing over to the Gentiles was actually to rescue him from the hands of the Jews. And then for him to be a witness, first of all, uh, in Caesarea, and then eventually in Rome. So, you see, when we hear words of prophecy, we must beware of interpreting them with our own interpretation instead of really listening to what the Spirit of God is saying. So as far as Paul was concerned, this was an act of utter obedience. He wasn't to know the outcome, but he just knew that he had to get to Jerusalem. Absolutely. And you see, when he arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers received us warmly. And um, uh, the next day, he and his party went to see James and all the elders. 
And Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And they all praised God when they see how many thousands of, uh, of Jews had believed in Jerusalem. The church had grown to thousands there. And they rejoiced, of course, to hear in what God was doing among the Gentiles. So what we have seen evolving as we've looked in uh, the Acts of the Apostles these last few weeks is this new church, this body of Christ emerging, which consisted both of Jews and Gentiles. God was bringing the two together in a wonderful way. Then the story did start to unfold. Yes, Paul does get um, arrested and... uh, um, he has a series of of trials, really, where he has to um, stand first before the Jews, then uh, before the Gentile leaders. Um, The key, of course, for Paul is that he was a Roman citizen. And um, every Roman citizen had the right to appeal to Rome if they thought that they were being dealt with unjustly. Now, to appeal to Rome was actually um, a pretty audacious thing to do. You didn't do that kind of thing lightly. Because if Rome thought that uh, you had been dealt with justly, you were going to get a very bad press in Rome, to put it mildly. But Paul... I think was, you see, being led by the Spirit in this. And this appeal to Rome was going to take him to places that otherwise he would never have been able to get to, into situations where he would never have been able to witness to key people of influence that he wouldn't have been able to reach. So Paul Paul understands that uh, he can use this situation that God has has uh, put him in for great effect for the kingdom of God. He realized the greatest story. That's right. I mean, he, he understands God hasn't got me here just to have me arrested for nothing. There's a reason for this. He's got a purpose in this. And, of course, we know the end of the story. We know what happened to him. We we. We are aware just through reading these last few chapters of the Acts of the Apostles, the various trials and defenses that he had to make. Um, But of course, at the time, Paul didn't know any of this. It was all unfolding for him, step by step, day by day, one encounter after another. But the glorious thing is, you know, that Paul would have had this tremendous sense of peace that we all have when we know we're in the purpose of God. It's amazing how much you can put up with when you know you're in the purpose of God, persecution, opposition, things that in the natural would cause you to be greatly distressed and disturbed, yet you know that when you're in the will of God, you can have peace, that everything is all right, that God is in control, and he will lead you through to the fulfillment of the destiny that he has for you. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 